Remember 1993 when we watched Richard Linklater's breakout film, Daisy Confused? Cody was not a fan. His, <laughs> his criticisms were somewhat valid. It was pretty sexist and didn't really go anywhere. In the past two years, Ricky Links has taken that criticism to heart. For his next feature, Before Sunrise, he brought on a female co-writer to make his female lead a little more, well, a little more female. He also added the tiniest bit of structure. Instead of ending with his characters moving on to the next day, this ending had a little more finality. That's not to say that Linklater gave anything up in this feature. This is just as meandering and conversational and philosophical as Days. In the, in the same way that Days and Confused is about wanting high school to last forever and ignoring the future, Before Sunrise is about wanting one night to last forever, but knowing it can't. Linklater is a master of capturing the feeling of one moment, and he's brought his talents to the streets of Vienna to show two t characters trying to enjoy their time together before they have to leave. They condense all the feelings of a relationship into one night, making the most of their time before sunrise. Oh. Yeah, Mark's real fucking pleased with himself. I am the cow. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Mark Wallington, and do you guys know anyone who's in a happy relationship? And I'm Chad Oliver, and and yeah, Mark, I mean, you know I'm in a committed relationship with my wife. My yeah, but wife. Is it Laura. Is it a happy relationship? Does it bring joy into your life? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I mean, we're a happy couple. I think we lie to each other. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a lot it's to unpack next, here. That's the next that's, that's the next that's line. Just to the be next clear. Line in the, oh, it's just okay. the next line. Okay, of, okay, uh, okay. Before sunrise, but we don't have to talk about that yet. Right. Okay, so this is Best Pictures. This is the podcast where we tackle each year we've been alive. We do that by each picking our favorite movie of particular years, and then we talk about what won the Academy Award, and then we talk about what won the Razzie. This is the first episode of our 1995 miniseries. Mark has the first pick, but we're not talking about it yet because we're boys constantly on a journey. We're making a journey every week to our local Megaplex, and I want to know what you boys have seen at your local Megaplex. Let's start with Marcus Watlington. I um I went to visit my favorite animated boy. Um, I guess not animated because it is a live action movie. Well, he's animated. Uh, the boy you is animated. He's, the, that's right. The boy is animated. There are several celebrities involved in the movie, though. Uh -huh. um, his human friends. He's a he's a an animal with human friends uh, in the great country of Britain. Uh He's trying uh, to. He's trying to make Peter it sound like Paddington. It's not <laughs> my be my boy, P P Peter Rabbit. Oh, um, <laughs> the the anti Paddington, if you will. Right, which is why I have no desire to see this movie because yeah. it um, was like, hey, Paddington, fuck off. Here's my bum. I think it's interesting. <laughs> so there's there's been a lot of controversy about um, uh, Peter Rabbit because there's a scene where he pelts a man that is deathly allergic to blackberries. He throws blackberries at that man. Uh -huh. um, deathly allergic after... to a cell phone. Oh, excuse me. He's deathly oh, allergic funny. to a cell phone. Oh man, I forgot that blackberries were cell phones. Yeah. It's not. Oh anymore. shit! Um, <laughs> it anyway, went over my head. 
it's a, it's probably more because it's a bad joke than anything. Uh, else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but there was there was a, a growing number of people concerned about the lightness with which they take allergies in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Peter Rabbit, to be fair, is literally trying to murder this man when right. he's throwing when he's throwing blackberries at him. Yeah, um, so, so don't like, be afraid about the murder scene. Like, to be fair, he's. He is actively trying it, to commit but, murder. But it's, it's not fine. like he's like joking around and throwing blackberries. He is like he's like okay. I know that this will kill this man, and that is the <laughs> idea here. He also in in the first act of this movie he he brags about how he has murdered Sam Neil. Um, <laughs> Sam Neil. Like so he Sam Neil or like Sam Neil plays a character that he Sam Neil plays plays old man. Mc, mcdonald or something uh, that. who who has this uh this garden that peter rabbit likes to sneak into and he's very mean to the animals um and then he catches peter one day and then he has a heart attack while holding peter and peter claims that he's killed the old man what the fuck actually is this movie though <laughs> that is a that is a fantastic question so like should i see it yeah absolutely okay. it is it is a lot of fun all right well it is also I put that on my movie pass to do list it is a wild ride. Also, it's always fun to see Sam Neill doing something. His career, as I've mentioned before, <laughs> not as good as the other stars of Jurassic Park. God, Mark is waging a continuous anti-Sam Neill campaign. Okay, so I will talk about a, another family-oriented film that I saw uh, this weekend. It was Early Man, which is the latest Ardman movie. So it's very like, it's like Wallace and Gromit, Shaun the Sheep, that sort of thing. Cl- the claymation um, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. What time did you see the movie? It was early, man. Oh, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for throwing that layup to me, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, it, it was good. It um, So it's about uh, people from the Bronze Age. No. You want to say the Bronx? From the Bronx, um, it's it's from the main characters are from the Stone Age, right? And the Bronze Age is there, and like people are wearing bronze, they want money, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And the Stone Age people like have to like compete to win their home back, and they compete in essentially what we call soccer, what uh, people everywhere else in the world call football. Um, and it's fun. It it kind of hits the same beats as most like sports movies, but it um. But it's cute. It's got a lot of the kind of Ardman humor. Um, it's fun. I think it... I was trying to, like, pin this down, right? Because I didn't want to just make a hot take for the sake of having a hot take. But I think this is my favorite Eddie Redmayne performance. Because, <laughs> um, okay. I like, I typically don't like... Eddie Redmayne, seriously, like, in interviews and stuff, seems like a super nice dude. I don't think I've enjoyed him that much in basically any movie i've seen him in um and he doesn't even really sound like himself in this it's interesting i don't know Mm. but it's what is weird about the movie is he plays the main character right and his love Mm -hmm. interest is played Mm -hmm. by Maisie williams from game of thrones Mm -hmm. who is straight up probably like 15 years younger than him it's quite odd uh tom hiddleston plays the bad guy it's fun so, uh, uh, go see it. I don't know. It'll be okay. fine. It, it might be in contention for some best animated Oscars in the future, so it's always good to keep an eye on that. Chad? Yep. When you went to visit your local Megaplex, mm-hmm. what film did you see? I went to go see the latest Marvel film, uh, Black Panther. It's good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> well, that's been this section of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have I have thoughts that will eventually be on the uh, low fly lo-fi blog, Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's okay. I think people think it's better than it is, but it's good. I think it it's good. hyped, right? Like, I mean, yeah. uh, that's why I think I need to see it a second time, right? Because same. I have kind of come to the conclusion recently that if it is a big, which I mean is probably playing right into people's hands because every big tentpole blockbuster movie, I kind of feel like I need to see twice, which of course they love because they get my money. They get that money twice. But like every one, I am. So this comes into play with like Star Wars and Marvel movies. Like every one I see, I'm so like expectant and like trying to figure out where it's going mm-hmm. next that I'm not as focused in on the movie as a whole, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't wash over right. me as much. Like it's not a full experience because I'm just thinking about, okay, where are they going next? Where are they going next? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so every one of these movies have improved on like a second watch for me. Um, yeah, uh, for me, like every Marvel movie since Thor Dark World, I did not have this experience with Thor Dark World, but every single one after that, I walk out of it. And for the first day, I think best one yet. That was absolutely the best Marvel movie they've made so far. And then right. like after about a day, I'll calm down. This is <laughs> the first Marvel movie since then that that wasn't the case. Uh, I never had that like hype walking out of it. I had a lot of hype going in and I want to watch it without that like expectation because yeah. mm-hmm. I think it is just, you know, I think it's good. I mean, good. I don't as good as Marvel movies typically are. Yeah. And Not- I think, and I think that sounds like dismissive to some people, right? To be like, no, it's the same level as every Marvel movie, but that's how I, uh, that's how I feel about it. Like, I think all Marvel mm-hmm. movies have their problem yet. Marvel is my favorite franchise. But like, it, I think they all have their problems. Like, but mm. they're fun, and I have a good time. That's all yeah. I really ask for. I think that like I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say the exact same things you guys said, but I genuinely could. Like, yeah, I was walking into this movie expecting it to be like a subversion of the Marvel genre and like uh, exceeding mm-hmm. all of the problems that Marvel movies normally have. And like, it was it was like in terms of its plotting, it was basically the same as the normal Marvel movie. Yeah, I do think it fixes some of the problems, right? Like so people complain about the villain thing. I think the the villain in this is insanely compelling and I think the supporting characters are some of the best outside of like an Avengers movie, you know, like Yeah. I, I do think it fixes some problems, but you're right. It's still like there are times where you're like, uh, okay, this is they clearly decided on this action set piece to happen six months before they did anything else with this movie. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like quite a few things. And they like spent, that. they spent five of those days making the rhinos. <laughs> right. But <laughs> I think it's cool. There's, there's oh, those rhinos. There's oh. fun parts. It's a James Bond movie in the middle of it. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I, ribbit. there was a lot of it that I really loved. I think it like it's production design is so cool. And like, it's just mm-hmm. like it's imagination of its world is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of, all of the acting, the rhinos, uh, me and Chad have talked bef- before uh, off mic about how bad the CGI on those rhinos was. Well, I oh, saw Greatest Showman, so like I think that's why they didn't bother me. Like once you see yeah, the animals in Greatest Showman, it's like. Eh. But the, I mean, it was on the same level as that CGI yeah. though. Yeah, it's like 1996. Whenever Jumanji level animal CGI. 
Yeah. I, I can say, I don't, did I talk about Pavnavat on this, on this podcast? Yes, you did. Um, the CGI, the animal CGI in that movie is way worse than the animal CGI in this though. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I think it's good. Like, I mean, it's, I don't think Marvel's made a bad movie in a while. No, 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 so, this isn't a bad movie. Yeah. It's, um, it's all good. But, um, it's breaking every record known to man. Like it's pretty wild. It's yeah. beating Deadpool's record, which is good because fuck off Deadpool. Um, it has already grossed more than Justice League had. Yeah. So like like overall, Mark, Jeez. I didn't. Okay, this will be a quick aside. Um, I think Deadpool two is going to be a better movie, but I don't think it's going to make as much money. That is my current running theory. Then Deadpool? Yeah, that's fine. I don't know why you singled me out. To, well, because I told Chad that. already. I told Chad oh, okay. this theory already, and I guess the audience. I just want it to stand on the record. Like, I don't think the movie will do poorly, but I think people will kind of look at it as a disappointment because they're releasing it in July when the other one released in February, and mm-hmm. we've already seen the first one. Um, okay, so we just were talking about big franchise movies, right? Mm-hmm. So I want us. Here at Best Pictures, you know, we, we kind of look across all spectrum of filmmaking, right? And so when big behemoths are taken down, I think we have to have a moment of silence and just pay tribute to them because the Transformers universe is no oh, more. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were trying to segue into like the movie we came here to nope, talk about. Absolutely. But instead, not. you're l- lamenting this the passing this, of this uh, horrible, horrible joke of a franchise. It I is think, wild I think it's, it's a, ending, though, and then rebooting like two years from now. Like, it is straight I, this, up ending. This might go down as the biggest franchise that I've only seen one of. <laughs> Maybe. It will go Actually, down in the history books as <laughs> that specific uh, description. And like. you might you might think, but Mark, what if you watch another one? And my, I will counter with, don't worry, I won't. <laughs> no, the next one has Haley Steinfeld on it, and it's set in the 80s, and it's just about Bumblebee. That is no, the last I mean, entry in their franchise, which is also buck fucking wild. Like, it's I not a it. main universe But, like, thing. they're not, like, ending on, like, any, like, admirable terms. They're ending so that they can, like, make a mega franchise with, like, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe and, and, yeah, no, that's exactly like, what they're doing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, I just so thought while we Cody and I will eventually go on to work on the TMNTVT script, uh-huh. 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles versus, versus Transformers. Transformers for the future cinematic universe. Let's talk about the uh, Linklater verse. Well, the, uh, actually, before Chad, verse. before we do, let's announce our winners for the best picky awards. You guys voted. Here are the results. So, starting off, winning best screenplay. Is get out. Oh, oh you're just gonna say it. You don't need <laughs> Sorry. Like a drum roll. Yeah, I didn't need or... the drum roll. Sorry. Get yeah. out written by Jordan Pill. Mark, you wanna take the next one? Uh for best supporting actor, we have Michael Keaton in Spider-Man Homecoming. That was my nomination. Yeah, that was a pretty cool nomination. <laughs> and a pretty are we, are we cool keeping track pick. of who nominated what? Is that what we're doing? Uh, no, that no. was just that one stood okay. out because I um it was a weird Because it was one. Chad's. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't remember who nominated what, if we're completely honest with each other. Well, this next one is mine. Chad, go for it. Best Supporting Actress, Laurie Metcalf. And uh, she kind of dominated for what this movie? category. For, for Lady what Bird. Movie? Yeah. She, uh, yeah. She killed it. Like, almost got half of the vote. Like, people love themselves mm-hmm. some Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, so next, best actor. I dig this one because this dude didn't even get nominated for an Academy Award and should have. And that is Hugh Jackman. Greatest showman. Oh, nope. no. <laughs> for, Logan. for Logan. But he gets an honorary award for Greatest Showman for best dancing with CGI lions. Hey, I just wanted to say not a single one of you motherfuckers voted for Owen Campbell or Robert, Pat- Robert Pattinson, and I feel some major disrespect right now. Well, well probably we, nobody we saw Good Time. Yeah, nobody wants... Uh, let's not put people on blast. <laughs> I'm putting for, everyone, including myself, on blast. Because we can see like the exact numerical breakdowns. People don't... like. That's why they hire the accountants for the Oscars. They don't give a shit. Hey, Who's next? Hey, Mark, Mark? Who, who won Best Actress? Um, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. Okay. Hey. This one is interesting. Sorry, With the- Searsha? Searsha. Searsha. Um, no, sh- yeah, Searsha. Um, with over half of the vote. Like, we're not going to yeah. point it out every and time, but is, she murdered the This is know, the category with the most nominees as well. This is the one where there's seven. Yeah. And okay. this is one where Meryl Streep has, like, a tiny sliver for best <laughs> yeah. actress. That's insane. So I know. good job, guys. Y'all are bringing some cool voters. Yep. Um, best director. Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk. And yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Why not? It's it good. is it it's is the good. most directed movie this year. Yeah. It is in the best. Be- I, I love that movie. Favorite movie of the year. Okay. And so now it's best picture. Normally how the Oscars work. Like we know who, what's gonna win. Like we know what got best director, so like pff, it's a shoe should, in, right? Should we like do we know the, what's best picture is. Should we do be. a drum roll for this one? Yeah, let's do a drum roll because like I mean you guys know <laughs> what it's gonna be, right? Like it's always who wins best director, right? <laughs> Wrong. Lady Bird won the first annual Best Pickies, and I personally could not be more excited. Like, I love Lady Bird. It's a fantastic movie. Good job, Greta Gerwig. Good job, Saoirse Ronan. Good job, Laurie Metcalf. Good job, job, Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Good job. That's right. I'm going to say it different every time. If any of you guys want to come on the podcast sometime... Uh, not not the people listening. The, the, no, unless, the unless Greg Gerwig is the celebrities we just to. shouted out. You could right. probably replace me and be the new LA representation. Um, yeah. So absolutely. No, yeah. Chad, I, they'd go in studio with you. Hey. Yeah, they would just hang out. So thank you to everybody who voted. It was a lot of fun. Um, you have chosen the first annual pickies. Uh, we'll do this again next year. Guys, um, let's talk about let's talk about best sunrise now. Best sunrise because that's best sunrise. before sunrise. Okay, best sunrise though. Top Be- three before pictures. All of us, all of us get three nominations. Best sunrise. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was the one time when I was in a uh, when I was in a national park and I climbed up. I've I'm gonna never say, done that. I'm gonna say the sunrise at the beginning of the Lion King. Oh right shit! No, that mm, that one is the it's best. A I good for that sunrise. One. Yeah. Straight so up. Don't settled. know the last time I was awake for a sunrise. So. Yeah. Uh, bad category. Okay, bad guys, cat. shut the fuck up. Let's talk about our movie before sunrise. Okay. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Who crazy knew, man? choices, guys? Fuck, I hate the. Wow. <laughs> Could you believe the winner of uh, best actor in a supporting role was Michael Keaton in Spider-Man: God, I hate this. What so a much. good man, decision. I wouldn't believe that we taped that today if I wasn't holding a today's newspaper during that whole recording. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Fuck us back yeah. up. Okay, yeah. so let's get into the movie. We are talking about Richard Linklater's 1995 film, Before Sunrise. Mark, you picked this movie. Have you seen it before? Why'd you pick it? Let me know. So I watched this for uh, the uh, Auburn Film Club. 
of which me and Cody were, were members. <laughs> well, um, Cody, I was Mark was president and I was vice president. And when I was vice president, I went to two meetings. Yes, because I was a very um, busy boy. But I, it, I guess it was the year that before Midnight came out, which is the third in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I think before Midnight was on the the list of things we were watching for the film club. So I, I marathon the whole series with, um. I, I was going to say Fender of the Show, don't know if he listens, uh, a, a member of the film club named Parker. Interesting. I didn't go to that meeting because I had never seen this movie before. <laughs> Chad, had you? Um, I had never seen this movie before. I had heard, you know, friends have talked about it. I I, I knew I wanted to see it because I like Richard Linklater as a director. Mm-hmm. Uh wanted to watch this trilogy. Um, and I had certain expectations about it. And they were all wrong. It was not the kind of what, movie I thought it was going to be. What were your expectations? I thought it was going to be less of like a feel good. I thought it would be like a downer the whole time. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew it was like dialogue driven. And so having watched some of his other things, I thought like, yeah, I might have some like joyous moments like Dazed has. But Dazed puts me in... Um, downer it's like it's way different than other things he's made i think is well well, but i think what's interesting about that is that that Mm. is a reaction you have to days and confused i don't think that's the reaction most people have most people see it as that joyous like happy i don't think we're supposed to like when people are bullying other people but no chad i think you're right but i think most people watch it as a joyous fun movie and uh, I, don't, I don't think so. But I beyond that, actively think so. I think we're supposed to think Matthew McConaughey is like a tragedy of a sure, character. Sure, sure, sure. We've talked about it. Listen to our previous bullying. episode. But um, uh, so I didn't get any of that with Before Sunrise. We have this like one cynical character, but we have this other character who's like calling him out on all his bullshit in like a really charming way. And also, like, so you're you're saying that uh, Ethan Hawke's character, whose name I'm not going to pretend to Jesse. remember. Jesse, right. Mm. There are two names in this movie. Um, one of them is Jesse. Uh, Jesse, like, is this, like, cynic, but he's also, mm. like, you can tell that he's, like, not really that cynical. Yeah, he puts on this, like, front. I think it, like, uh, I think that uh, Celine is helping to, like, tear down that part of himself that he puts up to probably make himself feel cool in front of others or whatever i don't know yeah uh we just get a glimpse into these people's life and it's the most perfect thing ever and i love this movie um i already put it in my like in letterbox where you can have your top four movies it's already in my top four <laughs> and, oh wow. Uh, wow i like i love this movie cody i can't explain <laughs> it um so i i think it's very good as well i think it's a more i mean we'll get more specifically into our feelings later but i think it's a w- more mature movie than days and confused like from top to bottom like 100 it's yeah. way more well made like in every single aspect but let, let's just hop into the plot hopping in um okay so june 16th 1994 I just like I'm really obsessed with the fact that this movie takes place on a specific date. Yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, well, I don't, the, I, was I don't just think like a, you could until I think the end of the movie they mention like what six months from today will be, and right. that's how you can sort of do the math. Right. Um. But yeah, it does take place on a specific day, which is real cool because it is yeah. like a time capsule of a movie. Um. So Jesse and Celine 
are our main characters. Jesse's played by Ethan Hawke. Celine is played by Julie Delpy. Is how Delpy. you say that last name? Yes. Um, so they're both on a train leaving from Budapest. Um, and they strike up a conversation on a train. Um, Jesse is heading to Vienna to catch a flight back to the U.S. after breaking up with his girlfriend. And Celine is returning back to university in Paris. Jesse convinces Celine to get off the train with him in Vienna and spend the night roaming around because Jesse doesn't have money to rent a room. So they're just going to kick it. Right. Yep. So they kick around Vienna. They get a romantic. Can we go? Can we start here? Which of you would have gotten off the train with Jesse? Mm, not me. <laughs> I don't think I mean, I don't know. you're having this like the conversation got deep real fast. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just started talking about. I'm trying to remember what it was in the that first scene in the in the train um, that I just couldn't imagine sharing with like a complete stranger. But you're already at this like intimate level, and I don't know. He was very convincing, and he like put it in the, in this certain way. Is like think of it as you're doing you and your future husband a favor. Like you're you're in a you're in a marriage. It's not going well. You have all these regrets about a man. Just rule me out. Like just spend a day with me. Realize I'm not that special, and then you can go about your life. And it was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I might go with him. It's like the he's like Ethan Hawke is just the most charming guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like so this is that. That thing about like one day you you'll be with your husband and you'll be looking out back on all the former guys that could have been mm-hmm. is like kind of the most like cynical view of marriage, but at the <laughs> yeah. same time, at the same time, like the most romantic thing to ask someone to do is like yeah. let's be spontaneous. Which sums up his character in like the most perfect way is this like cynical on the outside romantic. He's like suppressing the romantic in him with this like cyn- cynical exterior. Yeah. Uh, and he just comes across as really charming, and I love him, and I want to hug him. Yeah, so uh, then, they, then they kick around Vienna, right? So they go to romantic yeah. spots. They have a guy write them a poem. They kiss. The, the first thing they do off the train is they talk to these guys and just ask them, like, hey, what do you do in Vienna? And then they tell them that they should go to th- their, uh, their play, that they're in a play. Mm-hmm. One of them plays the cow in the play, <laughs> right. which is where we get the first line of the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Um, and they just don't go. And I love, <laughs> I love that. I mean, why, why would you go to a play in a language that you don't know? Yeah, no, I, agree. I don't know because you were invited. So, so they kick mm. around a lot, right? We're not going to be able to hit every single thing they do yeah, or every I mean, single th- thing they talk movie, about. This movie is kicking right. around the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But some of the things they do that, like I. <laughs> had a like a real focus on is um the 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 fortune teller like so they're mm. like eating at a restaurant and a fortune teller like basically tells them the plot of the movie which i didn't necessarily need um because it's like no i got it girlfriend did christopher <laughs> nolan send you here we get it like we've, we've got what the thesis is and then and then a po- they meet a poet who writes a poem that is like the thematic plot of the movie mm. that one i liked better um, I, I do too. I think that poem is actually like really good. Yeah, but I've never read a poem in my life though, so who <laughs> am I to judge? I really like Jesse's reaction to the poem. Uh, he walks away just like, yeah. I mean, he probably just plugged in our word to like a poem he already had written. But yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. He's yeah. trying to under underplay like that it was like really special. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. not that cynical of a person. Like I'm honestly mm-hmm. not. But in that situation. 
I, like when the dude started saying the poem, I was like, did he just put it in there? Like I had a yeah. similar like thought, like that's definitely what I would have yeah. thought. He just does this to people. He just like, he has this poem ready and he inserts whatever word. Yeah. Uh, I was should. genuinely like, having, I was like, you know, he's probably right, but it doesn't take away from the fact that that's a really good poem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, it doesn't. Um, another thing they do. So I could never keep track of what time it was in this movie because like every restaurant was open at all times and they go to like 25 <laughs> of them. So like, well, I, I was mean, like, I don't know what time this is bars supposed to be Ger- within the night. Bars in Germany stay open until like 4 a.m. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well they go to a one bar at some point where they, where they play pinball. Right. And mm-hmm. I was so vastly distracted this entire scene because I like pinball. I do. That, <laughs> I, I enjoy pinball. You well, were like checking out how they were doing in the game. And they or? sucked like <laughs> sucked ass at pinball. Like some of the worst pinball playing I've seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like it I mean, was, I'm pretty bad at pinball. I don't know. It, it is infuriating because they just like they shake the whole pinball machine and just hit it very hard and it they just like hit it twice and then just let it fall. It's infuriating. Like they are <laughs> supremely bad at it. They're they're also pretty distracted at the time. They're they're having like that's the point where they are kind of honest about like the relationships they're in and mm-hmm. like that's another moment where they're like really open and honest with each other. Well, if they were actually yeah. good at pinball, they could have the conversations in play at the same time. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> well, they're not good at pinball, and that's okay. Mm, well, I mean, I think it would be—I think it would be a better character trait if they were good. At pinball. <laughs> so, so um, in reality, what that was was it was a way for Richie Links to uh, like spice up what we're looking at, so we're not just looking at the people talking over and over. Oh, absolutely, it's, it's a set absolutely. piece. That, yeah. Like, yeah. and it worked for me. I was just like, yeah, keeping things dynamic. The, the, like. We'd be on like these, it was just like a shot reverse shot, but they keep like trading switching places, switch, yeah. switching off. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so like the angle of the shot would like at one point, like she would be playing, she would be looking at her and then mm-hmm. he would start playing as he started yeah. talking and then it would cut to her mm-hmm. as she's like, it would be like, it was really well shot. Yeah. There's a lot this of whole really, movie is well shot. There's a scene right off, the, right when they get off the train of them on this like tram mm-hmm. uh, yes. and they're just like sitting uh, and talking talk and it's. That. It is like one shot of one mm-hmm. conversation, yep. and it lasts probably fifteen minutes. It's probably like one of the harder like conversations to perform to like deliver to because they're literally talking about like um, this is when he's playing the game like uh, it's basically truth or dare without the dare. Like I'm going to ask you a question, you just have to answer bluntly honestly and uh they get into topics of like have you ever been in love and like he doesn't want to answer the question and she's not sure why at the time and it's a really good scene it's probably my favorite of the movie and Um, as that was like transpiring in front of me i was just actively thinking like okay this is probably the best movie i've ever seen and it's not that but it's it's i think one of my favorites also in this scene you discover that jesse's real name is james which is another thing that i got too (laughs) distracted by because i couldn't figure out how jesse was a nickname for james hey it has the same amount of letters that's not how a nickname (laughs) works and more syllables yeah yeah I don't understand. I like how at one point she's like Jesse James, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I guess." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I just, I don't. Uh, I'm very confused. It's, it's fine if he wants to be called Jesse. That's sure, that's fine. but why though? Anyway, it's a cool name. 
Sure. Anyway, at some point they kiss, and the kiss is very romantic, but they mm-hmm. have a hug it's on a, right a afterwards, which I think is way better than the kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. the hug was dynamite. Um, they bang. They eventually bang. They hook up, mm. which they do. No, th- they Chad, they definitely do. Are you saying they, they specifically? Don't? They specifically say that they don't. No, they specifically talk about maybe not doing it, and then you're definitely like it's meant to imply that they bang. I hard no, y- y- no, y- it's definitely that. She Mark definitely does Leanne. take her shirt off, <laughs> right? So, so the whole time she's wearing a dress and a t-shirt underneath the dress, uh-huh. and at the end she is not wearing a t-shirt underneath the dress anymore. Yes, they definitely have sex because the whole co- I'm I'm not a hundred percent having sex. They they the whole conversation is like you know what we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't and then the whole thing is she's like I don't want to have sex with somebody that I don't love or that it's not going to mean anything that sort of thing and the whole point of that conversation mm-hmm. is she realizes oh it would mean something to have sex with Jesse and then they have sex yeah so th- there's a point in this movie where they both realize that. Yeah, uh, they have to leave at some point, mm-hmm. and they've both mm-hmm. been through long distance relationships, and they both are like, "Let's not even try a long distance relationship. Let's have a twelve hour relationship." Right. Um, and that's why she's like, "I don't want to have sex with you if I'm not going to see you again." Right. But then they do anyway. I didn't read that into the movie. I feel stupid if that was obvious, but like, I legitimately just took their their word for it. <laughs> In yeah, that scene. It was supposed, I mean, that that was the point of the scene. It's like they were doing something. Like it was a, like, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Yeah. And then I thought it was more of like a, it wasn't like about like a hookup. It wasn't about like the sex. It was just about them falling in love. Well, it and was like, definitely. Because it's not about that, right? That's where they it, right, land right. on that scene. And, that's, and yeah. that's why I thought it was fine that they didn't have sex and that they were talking about not having sex was and I think how I like was interpreting that scene and like in going back and like rewatching if there is like these visual cues that like, yeah, she was like wearing different clothes or something. Then mm-hmm. sure. Probably. I saw it as like they flashed forward into the morning or whatever after that scene. But I, I think everything that you're reacting to mm-hmm. is correct. Right. Cause it, yeah. what, you, what you're saying is like, it doesn't well, matter if they did or they didn't. They exactly. Fell yeah. 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 So the whole and point, I mean, the reason they do is because it no longer matters. Right. The, I mean, the normal like romance movie would, would, uh, excuse the pun, par, uh, climax <laughs> at them having sex. Don't, hey, don't miss the climax. Don't mix. The, yeah. Hey, hey get are you your gonna, local megaplex. Don't did you guys miss the climax? I missed I, the climax. I didn't miss this the is, climax. I, I have not missed the climax. We're now referencing, uh, <laughs> 50 what Shades has Freed? ended up being the best romance trilogy of all time, <laughs> surpassing the before trilogy. Um, uh, but this was before Shades. Um, <laughs> You were talking about like a point about the movie at hand. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. they're not like the the focal point of the scene isn't like them having sex and like the mm-hmm. movie isn't leading up to them having sex. It's leading up to them deciding that their romance is worthwhile even if it's only for a short time. Right. And like mm-hmm. it just because it's short doesn't mean it's not meaningful. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So another scene that's pretty integral to this whole decision is that they are in a restaurant. And they pretend like they're on the phone with each other. Like they do the thing where they hold oh, what a, a what a great f- scene. with their with their friend. Right. Like, yeah. So so, so they're acting like they're on the yeah. phone with their friend. But yeah, it's it's very good. 
This, that was and one of those things that I was like, I don't know if that's actually something that would happen in conversation. I don't. Think but so. it, I don't. I don't care. They're being cute together, and it's adorable. Like, Celine in this scene when she answers the phone as uh, Jesse's like American bro friend, and is just like playing that part so well. Mm-hmm. It's so adorable, and I just like. I'm falling in love she, with her as Jesse's falling in love with her. And it's she's so like the cutest. It's yes. insane. And Jesse has his like bad boy Ethan Hawk hair, but he's like still mm-hmm. super charming. They, like you, he wears a leather jacket the entire movie. You can see yep. easily how these two would fall in love. Like which is mm-hmm. a part of why the movie succeeds so well. Yeah. Um. So and I mean a lot of that is because so, um. Linklater and his co-writer like wrote this movie, then casted Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke, and then they looked at the script and they were like, "Cool, we're gonna rewrite all of this dialogue to make it like actually romantic." So like at first it was like meaningful and a Linklater movie, and then they were like, "All right, cool, we're gonna put some character in here and uh, mm-hmm. make this like a romantic movie and give it chemistry." Yeah. Um, so the fact that they like kind that. of write in their own own voice was like you can definitely tell that they had input in what they were going to say. Yeah. No, I like all of that. During mm-hmm. during these phone conversations, it's revealed that Celine was ready to get Jesse off the train or get off the train with Jesse like mm-hmm. instantly from the moment they started talking. Basically, like she basically mm-hmm. was just waiting for him to ask. And then we also find out that like so the excuse that Jesse gave. Um, for going to Vienna was that he broke up with his girlfriend and he needed a cheap flight. And he reveals, like, the flight was just as expensive. He just needed to get out of there sooner. Like, he just needed a sooner flight, not a more expensive flight. So, And he, he also, like, needed time to, like, chill out before going back home. Like, he had, like, a traumatic experience breaking up with his girlfriend in Madrid. Which So he, like, he needed time to, like, chill out and be by himself for a while. Which makes sense mm-hmm. because you go home... And everyone's going to ask you about your trip with yeah. your ex-girlfriend. like so, like so And why you're back so soon. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense that he just kind of wants that. And it also makes sense that he would want this kind of like, you know, Celine doesn't end up being just a diversion. But, like, I think there's part of that, at least in the beginning, where he's like, mm-hmm. I, I thought I wanted to be alone. I actually don't want to be in the city I don't know anything about by myself. Which yeah, I think is very good. So yeah, it is interesting. Like we didn't really talk about their their first moment striking up conversation, but I guess they're. I guess he's sort of he. She catches his eye when she's like, "There's like this couple arguing about something," and uh, uh, she moves away from that couple and sits right down next to him. And it's revealed later that like she. Like she says on that phone game that like, I, yeah, I sat down next to you like on purpose or uh, something like that. Um, yeah, maybe he does like strike up conversation just to sort of distract himself from the yeah. pain he's feeling. And then, yeah, yeah I, I think so. And those people in the beginning are meant to represent like, oh, this is what marriage could be could become that's why Mm -hmm. we're not focused on that because Mm -hmm, we don't we want to have the magical romance part of it we don't want the like Mm kind of shitty stuff that sometimes goes along with like you're having to work with another person you're having Mm -hmm. to like concede and not just do your own shit Um, and i mean i don't want to spoil too much but this is like the first of a trilogy uh so we do see we do like meet up with these characters again and we see them i mean the most recent one takes place 18 years after this movie yeah so don't um so 
don't spoil um, it because but, I have a question for us that I want to like exist outside of those other two movies um, okay. in a mm-hmm. little bit, and I need to watch them. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I, I, I really want to watch them. I think our but, okay. What I was going to say is that they you do see them deeper into relationship eventually. Yeah. 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 Um. So th- that that. Uh, time period of a relationship is also explored in this series which is, sounds awesome uh, it genuinely is um so it's it's finally time for them to leave it's uh it's before sunrise mm-hmm. <laughs> and this it's either this scene or the scene on the tram earlier uh that we talked about a lot uh one of those two scenes is my favorite scene of the movie mm-hmm. um it might be this one where they're about to get on the train or he's about to get and, on. She's about and to get say on the good, train. Yeah, yes. she's about to get on the yeah. train. He's going to take a bus to the airport. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to say goodbye to each other. And so they kind just, of don't. Like it's mm-hmm. a weird kind of like they don't. Mm-hmm. But Jesse says, "I would rather." Like he says that he would rather marry Celine than never see her again. Yeah. Um. Ultimately. Um. So go. so they agree. They're both like let's let's actually see each other again, mm-hmm. and so they're like, okay, what about five years? And then one of them's like, five years is an insane amount of time, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so they're like, one year, okay, six months. We'll be back in six months, right here, right? Mm-hmm. And but they don't exchange info, but instead just meet in the same exact spot in right. six months, and that's Which where the movie I ends. Love, yeah. Okay, so that that's that's all for the movie. Like uh, mm-hmm. plot wise, it's pretty straightforward. It's its moments exist more in like its conversations and stuff like that, yeah. which we can't really do justice. So we're not going to try and hit. Yeah, all conversation of it. to conversation, you could like dissect all day, but like we at the end of the day host like at tops an hour and a half podcast, <laughs> right? Um, so, um, but uh, so so what I want to talk to you boys about is. Uh, a bunch of questions kind of relating to this final moment, right? It, it seems romantic, right? To have this whole kind of like, let's meet again in six months, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. I don't think I could do this, right? Like we said earlier, like I'm not sure if I would get off the train, but if I got off the train, I am the type of person that like couldn't put a relationship on pause you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to do that at all. And for people who don't know, I've dated exactly one person and have been with her for, oh God. Uh, he lost count. Seven oh, years. Man. It's going to be seven years this year. So like, wow. so I'm very much, that is kind of my approach to it is like, I found the one going to stick with her. I'm not going to leave it up to chance and just hope everything right. happens. So that's very much not me. So like watching that, I was like, ah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know that mm-hmm. I could do that. So what do yeah, you guys think? Cause it's like, even like, so there's, there's one question of like, do you think would they go back? And there's another question of if you're in the situation, do you go back? I would absolutely go back if it was me. Yeah. But like, it's such a scary thing because a that's six months of your life that you have to still be in love with this person. And if you're still in love in six months, you can go back. Yeah. And if you go back and they don't go back, then Ethan Hawke has spent hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. flying across an ocean <laughs> True. to yep. meet up with a girl that's not there. And then he's in Vienna by himself. Mm-hmm. Or 
uh, or Celine buys a train or a train ticket, and uh, you know he's not there. So, Chad, yeah. what would you do before I move on to our next question? If I like made a deal to meet up with a girl in six months, yeah. Well, first off, I'd probably get her phone number <laughs> right. or something. Well, yeah. Uh, now we have texting. Well, right, a lot of right. what they talked about is that like they don't uh, like the idea of like getting someone's phone number and like, keeping in touch is like not actually what happens ever with anyone. Which is that was also right. a weird thing for me because like no, it wasn't across continents, mm-hmm. but I was in a long distance yeah. relationship for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but you would like, also so Cody dated his current fiance for a year, right? Before you went to college? Uh it maybe was 6 months actually. Mm-hmm. That's still significantly longer than 12 hours. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> right? Yes it is. Um so like it's it's easy to keep in touch and especially cuz mm-hmm. in modern technology we can text, right? Right. They could have m- maybe emailed. Right. But probably just actual phone conversation. Okay, speaking of technology, this is an aside, but it happens early in the movie where Jesse invents live streaming accidentally, which is very funny to watch now. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Because he was like, you know, maybe at some point in the future, people will just like turn cameras on and we'll just watch them live their lives. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> correct. We could yeah, do it on Facebook right now. It's Logan Paul. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, every exactly. day of his life. Is What's weird is he was like, what if there was a channel where you went into the Japanese suicide oh, forest? Oh, God, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so that's what we would do for the six months thing. So here's the other question, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. To be clear, my answer was probably not. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. my guess. Answer... We'll guess which of the three of us is single? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the the romantic in me could not help myself mm-hmm. if I had the most perfect day and like we agreed to meet up. I'm meeting up. Yeah. <laughs> like. Okay. Anyway, ladies, I'm if thinking about her every day is... those six months, and I'm going. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to point point out again: if anybody is looking for a boyfriend who is n- cynical and not romantic, uh, <laughs> Mark I'll plug myself at the end. Here's Mark. Um, okay, you can so... find him on Twitter at Mark Wallington. <laughs> so, wait, wait, um, sorry, I meant to say Tinder. <laughs> I said Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, based on what we see in this movie, not what we know from sequels, because like mm-hmm. I, you know we. Mark has seen the sequels. We've had like some things about the sequels seep out to us and us know about them, Chad. But based on what we see in this movie, pretend it's 1995 and when you just left your local megaplex. <laughs> after I doubt before sunrise was at the local megaplexes. No, this movie made five million dollars. Yep, it was not. So, based on this movie, you leave the theater. Do you think they meet up again in six months? Um, I would think that they would uh, I would it's, uh, it's obviously like a question you would like talk about mm-hmm. like with your friends who like you saw it with yeah. or, like probably argue about like uh, maybe like oh Celine's definitely going but uh, right, right, right. Ethan Hawke Jesse's definitely not like he's not I he's not buying the ticket in 1995 I would have been like, I would have been like if you look closely the top wobbles right before the final <laughs> <cut off. laughs> no but I I like to think that they would both show up I know now no nope, don't uh, tell it yeah we what, gotta tell what does happen yeah. I know what does happen I would think they would meet up in six months um right after seeing just this movie, because I did, uh, yeah. Until Mark told you, Mark, what yeah. w- what would you have thought? 
Oh, I, I, when I watched this, the person I was watching it with had seen the other two and was like, so you think they met, they meet up, right? And I was like, well, there's a sequel. Of course they meet up. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. But true. like, I think even without, without a sequel, I would have been like, yeah, these guys are super in love. Right. There's no way that like, like six months is so short, they would definitely meet up. Yeah. I also would think a hundred percent they meet up. And what's interesting is link later, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy have like said in a bunch of interviews that your response to that question is kind of a litmus test. Basically Uh-oh. your reaction to it is like, are you a romantic or not? You know? And that they said for what it's worth, they all would think that they got back together. In, like they would meet up again in six months. Which is real fucked up, because guess what? They don't. Well, yeah. yeah. Spoiler so, alert, they don't. You think to yourself, oh, up. there's a sequel. They, they must meet up. No. What happens is that, like, she writes a book, maybe even about this, and, like, he runs into her on the street again. Yeah. Like, and then, five, and then like ten years, five years, something? Nine. Six years, I think. I think it's nine years. Is it nine? It's okay. 2002 when it comes out, so that would be seven it's years. Eight, we, seven years. We yeah. were all around it. I, but I think it takes place nine years later, for real. Maybe. And it is actually, it, it's... Oh, this takes place in 2004, 94. Anyway, um, yeah, so they like run into each other. Um, and I, th- I don't know if neither of them went or one of them went... Um, don't, well, don't like, tell, well, don't tell us either. that part of it. Did you we'll hear the part it. where I said I don't remember? Yeah, no, we did. Well, but yeah. so, if, so, if, it, if it comes to you, don't remember. And it is nine years later. It was 1995 to 2004. Okay. And the plot synopsis says nine years later. So okay. in your Got face, it. I'm right about things. Cool. In, what's point. interesting is in 96, uh, Linklater said in an interview like, oh, yeah, me and Hawk and Delpy all think that they meet up again. Right. And so they're true romantics or whatever Mm -hmm. like that. That's the whole point. So, so I think no matter what happens in the movie, because obviously I guess they don't, um, I think that both characters in the moment believe that they will meet Absolute, up, but absolutely, then life yeah. gets in the way for one or both of the characters, I guess. I haven't seen the second movie, right. um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing it probably immediately after we stop recording because <laughs> I'm obsessed with this first movie and I have to finish the trilogy. Right. I, the, I, I remember the second one being good. I think the third one is is like another level though. Apparently. So I was looking online. It's the second is the one that a lot of people claim is the best, which is interesting. Really? I mean, I don't really remember much of the second one, but the second one is a lot of like, um, talking about what's happened since then and talking about why they individually didn't go back. Interesting. So this movie got zero nominations at the Academy Awards, which... I mean, yeah, it has a budget of two and a half million dollars. It's okay, but yeah, an absurdly it was a small time. movie. It was yeah, because that doesn't really matter anymore, but you're right. Like, yeah, it... But it's interesting because this one feels more of a Oscar movie than I think Days yeah. of Confused does. Especially because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been watching Oscar noms for th- the years we've been going through. And like, yes, Sense and Sensibility and uh, the British one, Four Weddings and a Funeral. And Babe. Are both like. Babe was nominated this year. Babe? No, but I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying I didn't that like. I know that. Yeah, we'll, the, s- we'll save Oscars... it for our Oscar episode. But yes, Babe got nominated. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> it's, it's George Miller, dude. It's a it's very good Road movie. Guy. I think it might be better than this movie. Babe! Anyway, like, um, Chad's broken. The pig? But, yes, the pig movie. Yes, the pig. Focus uh, up. 
what I was saying though is that like <laughs> Chad, focus up. You just sold me Babe is an Oscar nominated movie and the most perfect film I've ever seen before Sunrise is not. Have you watched Babe recently? No, nah, I mean, it's been a few years. Yeah, Babe fucking rules. I had never seen Babe, and I turned it on because, like Mark said, I've been trying to watch all the nominations. So when we get to our Oscar episodes, I know what I'm talking about. And I, I was might like, be getting shit, it this up with rules. Charlotte's Web. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, so Charlotte's Web is not as well made. Babe is yeah. like, it's weird how good that movie is. <laughs> it's strange. Anyway, what right. were you trying to say, Mark? I was trying to say that the Oscars are big into romances at this time. Exactly. And sensibility. But like those are like really true romances that have a happy ending and um, like are like f- deeply plotted. Right. I think this is way better than Sense and Sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, also way better than Four Weddings and a Funeral. I like Four Weddings, but uh, this was a lot uh, better. I did not. Anyway, um, I yeah. Mean, but on that note, I mean, like, this has essentially, I mean, it has a plot, but it's such a loose plot. It's just, basically, the plot is an excuse to have, like, some of the best dialogue in the world you've ever heard with some yeah. of the most, like, charming and wonderful performances uh, you've ever seen. Um, so, like, the plotting is like, not great. The ending is ambiguous. So, it's not your classic romance, I guess. Yeah. Is your, yeah, yeah point then it makes sense it wouldn't get the same kind of attention it's really less of a plot and more of like a framing device yeah 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 yeah. um so do you guys have anything else to add about lot you know speaking in the plot any of the plot elements of this movie anything that we kind of missed like we said they talk a lot and it's all (laughs) a lot of conversations and like it we wouldn't do it justice so just watch the movie but i just didn't know if there was anything else you guys wanted to add um, well, here's just like sort of a discussion point, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at times this movie definitely made me laugh as it's supposed to like, you know, these, these, um, characters are like getting to know each other. They're making each other laugh. They're being adorable and cute and funny together. M- my wife, when we were done watching this movie together, she said, like, why don't more people talk about this movie? It's like my favorite uh, romantic comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. That's weird. <laughs> Is it a romantic comedy? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Like, it's, it's not. You've got mail, obviously. But... Is it just the best of a genre? Could you fit it into that genre? No, I think it's just a romance movie with jokes. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's a similar thing of like, Ant- uh, that might not be a good example. Ant-Man. Oh, you're about to say Ant-Man? <laughs> yeah, is Ant-Man kind of like a is comedy. kind of a comedy. But you yeah, want it? You it's want it? Paul Rudd leading like yeah, shrink boy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sure. But, but you wouldn't say like Avengers Age of Ultron is a comedy. You would just say that's a no. superhero movie with jokes. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, I think that's... Go ahead, Mark. I mean, the, the, the rom-com structure is usually like uh, a couple gets together, there is a misunderstanding, they break up due to misunderstanding, and they get together because mm-hmm. man tries hard enough, right? Yeah. And yeah, that's this the, doesn't... That's your bare-bones structure yeah, of I mean, a typical romantic comedy. And this doesn't fall anywhere near into the like ju- like the structure of a romantic comedy or, or or into any of its tropes and it's not like it's trying to avoid those tropes either though it, right it's not trying to avoid or overcome tropes if it is a romantic comedy it's like by accident like link later didn't read like 
set out to like make a romantic comedy, but he at the same time made like we watched this on Valentine's Day and it was like the most perfect movie to watch on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Watching a movie about people falling in love and it's like the most beautiful thing. Um IMDb calls it a drama romance, which I a hundred percent would agree with. Like yes, yeah, there are I mean, funny moments. I don't I never thought it was a comedy. I never it is like a com- laughed out loud. It is a comedic romance, and I felt sad enough yeah. after it ended that it was not Fair. a comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not a comedy. Um, no, I, I think I, I think I agree with you guys. I just do think it's interesting because it, it's not lighthearted by any means, but no. like, there, there are like light moments that like feel like they could be scenes in like an extraordinary romantic comedy. Like I don't think I can think of a romantic comedy that's like good enough to like compare. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean but there's Big light- Sick Yeah yeah Big Sick's pretty Big good. Sick is like the mm-hmm. the romantic comedy that I would point to as like overcoming those tropes and like uh yeah. being really smart and going beyond romantic comedy. But it does like it acknowledges the tropes of a rom com, and it's still up and down. Is a comedy, you know? Just yeah. because something yeah. has light moments doesn't make it a comedy. Like Jurassic no, I, I Park I, has light moments, yeah. you know. I, I think know. I I think I agree. I just thought I'd, I'd I'd bring it up, like how we would categorize this movie, because right. even like put like putting it in any kind of genre category feels weird because. Even in like a romance drama, you're going to have certain expectations of like up and downs of a relationship. And then this is just like a 12 hour relationship that's just really nice dialogue. It's just nice dialogue uh, in beautiful Vienna backdrops. I would definitely put this in indie comedy. No, not comedy. Sorry, indie indie romance. Indie romance. Yeah. 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 Um, Because independent movies are much more open to like Mm -hmm. fucking with uh, like plots and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I should tell you guys, so I don't know if you saw my letterbox review for this movie, but I was like, man, this movie was really emotional and like got me feeling some sort of way. Then I looked up the real story behind it and got real fucked up by it. Do you Mm -hmm. know the real story behind it? uh, I I didn't until I saw your letterbox review and and had to go look at the Wikipedia page and I read enough there. I didn't (laughs) want to read any further because it made me sad. So basically what happened is like, so Richard Linklater wrote this based on a real experience he had where he like ran into a girl on a train. They kicked around. They said they would meet up. They never did. Which like, I mean, that makes the most sense after seeing this movie that it had to have happened to like the writer director of the movie. Right. Well, like it feels so personal in a way. Right. So he, so he makes this movie, this movie does well. People are asking him about it, that sort of thing. And he's like, yeah, it's a real thing that happens. And then, so he's like, okay, so I'm going to track down this girl. Just, I think he was already like married or something at that point. So it wasn't like for a romance. He just was like, I should track her down since this movie is kind of about her. And then, uh, found out she had died two years before this movie had come out, which is a real sad twist of things. He didn't know that she had died until 2010. Okay, so it so, took a while for him to like find out and that sort of thing. But she yeah. she had died two years before this movie even came out. Mm-hmm. Which like I love the idea of like her seeing the movie and like exactly. realizing it's about her, and that's like such a touching sentiment. And then to know that that never happened. It's, it's too real much sad. For my heart. It's too much for my heart. I can't. I can't handle it. Yeah, it's real. It's sad. R- it's also sad that like he met this girl and like 
if the movie is to be believed, like fell in love with her overnight and mm-hmm. then had no idea she died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. So like the so I mean Ethan Jesse is talking about like when you're married, you have all these like people you think about in the past that you could have been with. And like one of those for Richard Linklater was dead and he had no idea. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean when you put it like that, it's just I, I want to stop talking about this. On <laughs> it's our a real bummer. Because it's um, making me sad. So, so okay, we we've talked about it all. So now I need to know y'all's thoughts. We're not gonna vote it against <laughs> anything because it is Mark's pick for 1995. We haven't picked anything yet, so it's gonna stand as the best movie of 1995 until we vote uh, next week when we discuss. Uh, uh, my movie. I keep getting. Is it yours or is it mine? Uh, we'll talk about it. It's, it's okay. Cody's. I thought it, it was mine. It well, I thought it was yours too. It is mine. <laughs> okay, um, it's Cody's. So, um, but so, so, what are y'all's overall thoughts? Like, did you like this movie, etc.? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I already mentioned it's on like my top four on Letterboxd. Uh, I have like a lot of hype about this movie because of like a recency bias that I acknowledge is real. Um. But I think it it's by far my favorite Linklater film. Uh. I can't wait to watch the rest of the to the the trilogy. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm like obsessed with this movie right now, and I can't stop thinking about it after having seen it. It'll be like. Uh, almost a week ago that I've seen it now. Yeah, and I can't stop thinking about it. It's great. So, Mark, you picked it. Obviously, you like it. Yeah. I mean, Linklater is like, he just creates moments that are, like, beautiful. And, like, the way that they connect is so beautiful and meaningful. And, like, this this movie just captures that. And it's like a series of moments in the way that a, like, a relationship is a series of moments. And it just builds on itself wonderfully. And, like, you never for a second doubt the chemistry between these two. And, it, like, Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke are both, like, amazing actors for just, like, just from, I mean, the conversation in the tram. Like, if you just watch the way that she ta- watches him talk, you, like, can see, like, the love in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it just, like... Also in that shot, just, like, them, like, rearranging themselves and, like, the way that they are around each other in the beginning is very much, like, we don't know each other but are weirdly on a date, kind of, and also this date is, like, long as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, it's Um, 12 hours long. So, like, Mm -hmm. watching their, like, their relationship develop over, like, 12 hours from, like, complete strangers to people who are, like, willing to, like, open up completely is amazing um i it's just like a gorgeous movie right i i wrote like devastatingly romantic in the in my uh letterbox review because like oh shit i'm super alone it was my (laughs) takeaway from this movie (laughs) yeah um so i think this movie is very good but it's gonna seem like a hot take that i don't like it as much as you guys do but the thing is i still think it's I still think it's one of the best movies we've watched for this podcast. That's what's so crazy is like, it's so good. I just don't like it as much as you guys do. So it seems like an insane take. I just, I will say this has for me jumped to number one of best pictures, podcast discussed films. It's my favorite. We've talked about by far. It is number three for me. Um, but I, I, I think it's, I do think it's very good. You know, it's romantic. It's, it is a lot of those like dialogue scenes where you're like 
just sitting with these characters and, you know, spending time in their presence and that sort of thing. And it's just, it's very good. I mean, you guys have kind of covered all the bases for it. I'm a sap and a romantic, so it, it did hit me the right kind of way. So I don't know if you haven't seen this movie, watch it. Um, I will say also though, while I'm saying it's very good, we'll point you to another movie that me and Mark like a lot. That is basically a riff on Before Sunrise, but also features a monster, and it's kind of a horror movie, and it's called Spring, and it's great. I wouldn't, I would not call it a horror movie. You're right. I would call it a sci-fi romance. It's got horrific elements. I don't know. There is, we can debate that another time. Yeah. It's kind of the is Shape of Water a horror movie, which I say no to, but I do say yes for Spring. Anyway. I think that it is a better comparison. It's like if Shape of Water, Shape of Water and this movie combined weirdly right but (laughs) was darker than shape of water way darker um but yeah i mean a hundred percent the movie spring was inspired by this movie most of all like because it straight up is a guy goes to a foreign city it's not over as short of amount of time but it's basically like there is a limit amount of time he can spend with this girl but then there's also monster shit happening it's very good i recommend it and it's also like this this guy's life has fallen apart so he goes to europe and just dicks around in europe right to get his life together any streaming services no i think it's on shutter yes it is it is on shutter it is on shutter that's not free, right? No, I think you can, it's, but it's like two dollars or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, probably subscribe for a month, watch the movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's an amazing movie. It's very good. Um, okay. I also just wrote about it for Talk Film Society. What? It's not time for plugs. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. What time is it? I mean, actually, we're getting pretty close. Like, <laughs> can we just go ahead and start? Yeah, I actually think it is time for it. Actually, <laughs> so, Mark, hey, where, where can people me? find your uh, thoughts on the movie Spring, Mark? You can find those thoughts on Talk Film Society. I also recently put up a how to prepare to watch Black Panther, which I guess it's probably too late to prepare now. <laughs> um. And I wrote something else. Oh, my my top ten dropped there. I talked about that on last week's episode. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, you can find. Oh, I'm also sorry, oh. sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm also on Twitter at Wellington oh, Mark and uh, uh, Letterboxed at Mark zero zero one four. I'm done. Go okay. Chad. You can find me at Chad A Oliver across all social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You could also follow Cody and Mai's Tumblr page, uh, low-fi-popculture.tumblr.com, where we'll post blog posts about our you know film thoughts. If you don't get enough of those on here, and uh, also our comic that we're writing together, Animal High School issue two, will be coming out soon. So stay tuned. Also, Mark is going to ride on it eventually. He just hasn't yet. At some point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me on the internet at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter. On Letterboxd, just search my name. I'm going to give in very soon and just pay the fucking $20 so I can change my username just so I can plug this, like I can plug better at the end of the show. Yeah, it's so easy for me to plug and it's so (laughs) difficult for you to. It really is. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to convince Mark to do it too. Um, Yeah. If you want to pay for me. Yeah, we'll see. Um, So, yeah, that's where you can find all the stuff. Um, 
Chad covered most of my shit. So anyway, um, I think that's going to be it. Boys, do you have anything else that we want to say before we call it an episode? No. I think, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> I need to know from Mark Watlington, what is the best movie of 1995? Of the ones we've discussed so far, hands down before sunrise. Hey, Chad. Jesus. Yes, Mark? <laughs> We're going to figure this what's out the, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, uh, what's the best movie of 1995? The best film of 1995 is Before Sunrise. Hey, Cody. What up, fam? Uh, what do you think, random question, uh-huh. is uh, the best film of 1995? It is Before Sunrise. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And remember... Everyone's parents fucked them up. Next episode on Best Pictures, we are watching my pick for best film of 1995, David Fincher's Seven, which follows a serial killer obsessed with the seven deadly sins. It stars Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, and also Gwyneth Paltrow. I have a question for you boys. What's in the What's box? in the podcast? <laughs> What's in the podcast? Very good content. Uh, unfortunately, Seven is not available for free streaming anywhere, but you can find it on DVD, obviously, or you can rent it on Amazon and iTunes.